you're like with your friends, they're sleeping over, like we're going to stay up all night. And then you remember like if you're a little kid, you're kind of like, well, you can't stay up all night. It's impossible. We're going to go now to the big Cypress Seminole Indian Reservation in Florida. There was the biggest traffic jam that we know of in the country. Thousands of people from all across the country, all headed to the Everglades to hear the group Fish perform for New Year's. 75,000 people. 75,000 people. And we couldn't really believe that they were going to play all night. It just didn't even seem possible. Like, how could that even happen? It happened because for the previous 15 years, the band Fish blazed a fearless and unlikely creative path from deepest Vermont to the Florida Everglades and one of the most legendary performances of all time. It was the year of Woodstock 99. The crowds are blowing up CO2 tanks from the tractor trailers. They got the troops in there with riot gear. They're forcing everybody out. Mass chaos. Mass chaos. Some 20,000 attended the first Coachella that October. The Backstreet Boys ruled MTV. Moby topped the music critics' polls and licensed every song on his new album for commercial use. Far, far away from everything, everybody, and everywhere, in Jack Motlow's cow pasture on the Seminole Big Cypress Reservation in Florida, with no sponsorship at all, Fish built a city for 75,000 people, erected surrealistic art installations, and staged a three-day festival with one act and one act only on the bill, and then played a seven-hour-long set that lasted from the final minutes of the 20th century into the literal dawn of the 21st. After midnight, Fish's Big Cypress Festival, a new five-episode podcast from Osiris, is the story of how Fish staged one of the strangest concerts in the history of rock music. My name is Jesse Jarno. Join us as we explore how Fish invented their own telepathic, jam-obsessed musical language, built an independent concert industry, and how both came together in the Florida Everglades for an improvisation-filled performance that landed a 15-foot-long hot dog with headlights in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We'll hear from band members Trey Anastasio. You know, I think we felt like this party was for our friends. And John Fishman. That was the end of a chapter of Fish's life, that, and of my life. Former Fish manager John Paluska and others will tell the dramatic, untold story of Fish at Big Cypress. We had to get some alligator wrangler to pull an 11-foot alligator out of the backstage area. That was interesting. <laughs> Uh, that was a big alligator. We'll refill the swamp and revisit a legendary independent festival that came to transform the music industry despite being ignored by the mainstream. Fish found someplace better and left behind a map to Big Cypress. After Midnight debuts November 14th on all podcast platforms, visit OsirisPod.com slash After Midnight to subscribe today. If you're out there on the highways, if you're within the sound of our voice, you're near to Big Cypress, Florida. Hey, everybody. This is Donnie B from Female Centrics. We are the first female-hosted fish community podcast, and today our co-host is Biggity Baker. Hey, y'all. Biggity in the house. <laughs> How you doing, girl? I'm <laughs> doing pretty good. Or little Cassie would call you Bakery. I know, because we can't figure out my name right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she just got sick of it. She's like, Biggity Baker? What if, just Bakery. Bakery. Auntie Bakery. I'm um, just Bakery now. <laughs> 
<laughs> so damn cute. She's amazing. Yes, yeah. yes. And we're coming at you from a Sunday morning. We're both up. I know. On we're t- both semi-sober. I was early. <laughs> I was early. That's crazy. I don't even know who you are I right know, now. I know. It's, I said it's like those four or five, six o'clock. It's like I'm a doctor. Like as far as like timing is concerned, it just keep getting set back. And like the more time I have to manage, the worse I'm. Right. <laughs> if it's after 10, forget it. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, our episode today, I'm super excited about. Wacky, is, wacky, 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 wacky. Tail wagon. Tail wagon <laughs> is my favorite artist uh, at concert poster artist, AJ Mastay. Yeah. Yay. Oh, this is going to be so fun. Uh, No, I know. So my whole dining room is my Mass Day Gallery. (laughs) The Mass Day Gallery. The Mass Day Gallery. The D-Gen house. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's funny because, you know, I told Adelaide that I was going to be interviewing AJ and he's like... You're interviewing my favorite artist? Right. Um, Where'd you get that from? Yeah. (laughs) Because do you think he'll do a poster of my face? (laughs) Like, maybe someday. We'll see. He doesn't say no. We know now. (laughs) So maybe. Maybe. Someday. We'll see. We'll see. I think we'll try to get the female-centric one first. But, you know. (laughs) Baby steps. Baby steps. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, So AJ is a big part of the concert poster scene. He does pretty much all the Grateful Dead uh, and... And, and uh, everyone and else company. Too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Black Sabbath and, you know, Humphreys, widespread, widespread, right? Yeah. Um, and and tons of early non-official fish posters. Right. Um, so uh, pretty excited to have him here today. So we're going to get him on and we'll be right back. So we are back and we have AJ Mastay on the phone. Hello, AJ. Hey, how you doing? So good. So good. So you know how excited I am. I talk about my tail wagging and I'm like sitting here with my tail wagging. <laughs> At a very fast pace. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. I got the wiggly seat. So, you know. <laughs> so AJ, as you know, I've, I've, I'm my self-proclaimed uh, biggest fan of you and I have since. <laughs> I, met, I met you on, um, I want to say it was SPAC lot in 2013. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. And I bought I it was right at the very end of the three day run and you were it was the um the lizards. lizards the lizards. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. The yes. Victorian lizards. Oh my god, are they yeah, glorious? That was a fun one. Yes. That was a fun one. Yes. <laughs> I tried to uh strike some kind of deal where if they played lizards we could maybe get one for free. I'm not sure how <laughs> how I plan to work that out, but they didn't play lizards. No, no, <laughs> and it didn't come to fruition. Yeah, no. Well, and and so you were at the. I think you were at the point where you were just done on lot. You were like, okay, this is it. And so I got this like really good deal. And but I didn't realize it was you. And so I was so at like for like a split second, and then I got wicked starstruck. And then you were just like, what? You, you're you're excited that like it's <laughs> it's, just, it's me. It's me. <laughs> it was really cute. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh yeah, no, I I used to love going out on lot and and slinging the prints and and whatnot. But yeah, it it, it still to this day blows my mind when people like know who i am yeah yeah right? <laughs> it's a weird feeling yeah, it is it is i know it happened to baker and i a little bit this summer through the podcast kind of thing and yeah it's it's pretty exciting i don't know <laughs> yeah. it's fun for sure yeah so so we're gonna jump right in and ask you what i ask everybody right at the beginning is what is your fish story how'd you get into this uh whole thing oh god um mm-hmm. yeah it's a long and, and winding path mm-hmm. um so all right. My first show was twelve twenty nine ninety three. Ooh, um, nice. So that was Veterans Memorial Coliseum in New Haven, Connecticut. I was a freshman in college. I was aware of fish, but obviously had never seen them. It was like a couple days before the show, and me and one of my my old high school buddies, um, we used to go to dead shows all together uh, together all the time. We were like, oh, let's go check out fish. They're playing down in New Haven. Um, and this was back in the day when you went to G Fox to the actual Ticketmaster outlet. And, oh, yeah. Like, got your tickets. Mm-hmm. So we we're like, all right, let's go get tickets. We go down there. Like I said, it was like three days before the show. Somehow we wound up like 20th row floor. Seven. Wow. Yeah. And uh, neither of us had any idea what we were in for. And it's just a raging show. That was when they had that like fish tank set up on stage. Yes, because it was yeah. right before the Worcester. So it was what was the date again? Uh twelve twenty nine ninety three. Oh, so the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the next night was that like epic um Portland Maine show, the Cumberland County show. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, it was New Year's at uh Worcester, which I was at that also. So that was my second show. Um so yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, you know, totally old school fish, big ball jam thing it was uh like if i only had a brain you know like that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. we had no idea what was going on blew (laughs) our minds and uh so yeah that was uh basically my first show um from there all through my college career um honestly i spent my whole freshman year going to as many dead shows as i possibly could looking back on it you know this was like 93 94 beginning of 95 um certainly glad that i did that versus like going on fish tour at the time mm. nothing against that but you know and so aj you graduated is- you graduated high school in 93 then i think that uh yes yes yeah. same with me graduated high school in 93 um yeah started the fall of 93 in art school um, oh, okay what school was this uh hartford art school oh. university of hartford yep yep still Great. close to home yep still close to home didn't go too far mm-hmm. um Missed fish playing there by two semesters. They played there in like 92. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, missed that one, but whatever. Anyways, uh, yeah, went to a bunch of dead shows, went to a bunch of fish shows and... so you're in art uh-huh. school. Yeah. So you're in art school the whole time now. So when you were, did you go into school or, cause I, my next question is sort of, you know, what about the progression of your artwork and what led you into poster art? So mm. I'm assuming it's the type of thing you weren't, you know, carving blocks and doing all that right at the beginning. So tell us about, you know, no. even when you were a little kid, I find people who are artists, I have friends, you know, I were growing up who are always able to, 
draw and make things look the way they should be, you know, or whatever, you know, as <laughs> instead of as, having to yeah, explain yeah, the yeah. whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So tell us about the progression of your art. No, I've, and when I've, you into it. I've been drawing my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my parents are huge supporters of my artwork and I wouldn't, be doing what I'm doing today without either of them. Mm-hmm. But they love to tell people, especially like the open studios and whatnot. Oh, yeah, we have stuff from his show and tell back in kindergarten. And <laughs> blah, blah, you know, he drew this Spider-Man that he brought into school. <laughs> that could probably be oh, like put on eBay and worth something. You know that, right? Oh, <laughs> tell yeah, mom and yeah, dad yeah, that. <laughs> don't, don't tell my dad that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they pull out the trunk. But no, I've, I've, I've been drawing my whole life. They, um, my parents supported it from a very early age, you know, they sent me to like drawing lessons and, you know, even in school, I would always focus more towards the art side of things. And once I got into high school where you can kind of pick and choose a little bit more, I mean, I remember my senior year of high school, I basically spent like seven out of the eight periods in the art room. Nice. <laughs> you know, yeah. It was just kind of my thing. Um, but to be honest, I, I, I didn't, the poster thing never even crossed my mind until I was well out of art school and out of college. Um, when I was in art school, I wound up, uh, I was a printmaking major. So I learned the majority of the printmaking techniques except for silkscreen. And, um, but my focus was really more on lithography. And Ex- that was just um, because of my mentor in school and he, you know, saw my drawing style, thought lithography would be the perfect fit for me. It turned out it was. Can you explain and, lithography? Um, yeah. So um, lithography, it, it, technically it's stone lithography. So you're literally drawing on a piece of limestone mm-hmm. with grease pencils. Mm-hmm. And the, the whole process is, is based off the fact that oil and water don't mix. So when you see something like block printing, it's very positive or negative. It's, it either prints right. or it doesn't. So that's why there's no gradation to anything. You have to sort of like crosshatch and stuff like that in order to get any sort of gradation. With lithography, the, the, you can get tonal drawings out of it, if that makes any sense. So you can get like everything from a dark black to a light gray. Okay, okay. And it's it's just based on the process, you know? Um, so when you think of like, like the old monster movie posters, like Frankenstein and, you know, stuff from like the 30s and whatnot, um, or even like the old magician posters and stuff like that, those were all lithographs. So back then, it was like the commercial printing. Um, and then once, you know, digital came around and all that, that kind of went to... It kind of died out but anyways um aj what's your favorite yeah, that was my what's your favorite that, process that, to do my favorite process um lithography will always have a soft spot in my heart you know but nice. to do lithos like that it doesn't really make sense uh, on a commercial scale anymore um the amount of time it would take me the amount of time we can run like a thousand block prints in my studio right now we could maybe do 50 lithos it's very time intensive it's very um there's a lot of chemicals involved you need a real specialized setup 
in order to do lithography. Now, is that because you're actually so, carving the... No, there's no carving. It's, okay. Um, like I said, you're, it, it, you're drawing on pieces of oh, limestone. Sure, sure. Okay, okay. So, yeah, the, the <laughs> not to get too technical, but... Yeah, All no. right, so these, these litho stones, mm -hmm. um, they're very rare. They're very expensive. There is only one quarry in Bavaria that has limestone pure enough to actually use for lithostone. Whoa! So, what? yeah, yeah, it's this crazy process where you you grind down these stones so that they're perfectly flat, Whoa. and they are um, pH neutral. Whoa! So, yeah, yeah. This it, is it, like a again, labor this, of it's, love it's, for it's, you. It's, it's it's been like 20 years since I've done this, so I'm trying to remember back to my like intro to litho class here. Sure. Um, <laughs> so are any of your posters done on litho? Um, like your no. it poster, for instance, no. like that, because that's my earliest one. Is the it one. which one? The the it one. The it one. Um, that oh, was the the Mainers one. The yeah, guy, the guy, that was. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. That, that's those are block prints. Okay. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Basically, litho, it, it, you, you need an entire print shop. You need very specialized equipment. Gotcha. Um, once I graduated college and didn't have access to mm. their print shop anymore, it was, like, impossible to do lithography. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, so getting back to, like, how did I get into posters? Mm -hmm. Honestly, I was collecting posters before I got into posters. Oh, you're so smart. So... I kick myself. I <laughs> kick myself. I will tell uh, you. There's plenty that I kick myself on now, too. <laughs> right? I'll tell you real quick. So, so you know, I because I went to school, same exact thing. We were probably at all the same shows back in the day together kind of thing. Mm. So, uh, you know, I, I moved into my new house and we had a friend living in the basement. And I have all these boxes or whatever. And he comes upstairs with this rolled out pins, torn i had no idea what i had he's like you guy yo he goes you are an asshole and i'm like what <laughs> and he pulls out my clifford ball poster oh. that i had just pulled i brought everywhere with me there is about a million different pins in it and i was like <laughs> i never <laughs> oh, thought no. of it never thought of it yeah, now that thing is for right day, exactly you know? yes yes and that now is framed very much in my kitchen holes and tack marks and everything right. but like that's what got me into i was just like oh i didn't realize it you know yeah so you There's were value. onto it yeah so you were into it from the beginning so do you have any of the old pollux and whatnot and you know great right, whatever so i i i have um let's see i have the Albany 99 Pollock. Um, unfortunately, I sold a bunch of my stuff like mm. years ago. And that's mm -hmm. why like, I say I kind of kick myself for selling a bunch of these things. Um, but yeah, I still have the Albany 99 Pollock. I still have the Hartford 2000 Pollock. Um, what else do I have? I do have, kind of similar to your story with the tackles, I have <laughs> mm -hmm. a Halloween 95. Oh. I wasn't there. I was. Yeah, I wasn't there, but it was part of a trade back when I was, you know, into the post, like, you know, the collecting side of the poster thing. Um, so you had Rosemont Horizon. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. laminated. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and it's got cat holes in all the corners, but I love it to death. <laughs> yeah. And um, the funny thing, uh, Pollock actually came to my old studio at, at one point. We were hanging out and I had it like tacked up on the wall. Oh. And I just handed him a Sharpie. I'm like, Jim go do something on that, <laughs> which he did, but because it was laminated and in the shuffle of things, oh. like it totally got wiped off. Oh, 
So someday, <laughs> so someday he's going to yeah, come back someday. and yeah, you're going to yeah. do it yeah. again. It's going to be a redo right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I had a bunch of stuff. Um, I had I had a 98 Halloween, which again, I wasn't at, but mm. you know, I had one. Wound up selling that. I had an Astrin. I wound up selling that. It was when I was buying my house here. So I was trying to like, yeah. you know, come up with the down payment. Be responsible whatnot. with yeah, those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, As but, much um, as adulting sucks, you gotta do <laughs> sometimes, it sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, uh, um, I mean, honestly, uh, Pollock is kind of like inadvertently the guy that got me into this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was kind of, at that like Albany 99 show mm-hmm. um, where I remember being at the merch table and like seeing the print and being like, that's an actual print. You know, it's not like this mass produced, like that's a block print, you know, with my printmaking background. With like, that smell. Well, wow, oh. that's really cool. Like mm-hmm. that's an actual print print. Um, and I was like, wait a minute, maybe. I could do something here. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, it was a few years later. I think the first, like, fan art piece that I did was um, Trey Tour 2001. Okay. It was mm-hmm. like that tequila Trey, L yeah. Trey thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's. Uh, so, can you talk about that, the block printing process? Because that's the one you're talking about. Because like when I see you on your pages, when you do your sort of sped up process, you're actually carving mm. yes. wood, right? Yeah, it's... is it, And I'm assuming it's, it's a um, specific wood and yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's actually linoleum. Yeah. So yeah. like mm. battleship, battleship gray linoleum that we mount it on sheets of MDF. So like medium density fiberboard, it's called. Okay. Um, and that is just to... to build up the linoleum to the proper height for the printing press. It's, um, it's what's called type high in the printing world, mm-hmm. which for letterpress means 0.918 inches. And that is so like when you think back to um, back when they used to use metal type to actually print like newspapers and yep. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they would put all of that together. Every single one of those uh, letters has to be, exactly type high for it to print correctly so everything has to be 0.918 inches in order to uh now is that a good good impression so you know back in the day like when you would find um like the print block so you would have like each letter yeah is that what you're talking about like the that's was it at a science at that point with that 0.1 oh yeah yeah oh yeah that, that, that goes that goes back that goes back a long long way um why it's 0.918 i couldn't tell you hey that, if it ain't I, broke, that I don't, don't know. fix it <laughs> but, you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. whenever you see like those old even the the wooden type and like you know all the the graphics and stuff they used to use mm-hmm. yeah all that stuff it, it if if it's still correct it should be 0.918 inches tall gotcha. and everything looks th- how it should yeah. instead of a little bit you know something's a little bit off or wait why right. aren't well, i seeing if, that if it's, and... if, if it's uh higher or lower you know it's going to affect how it gets inked it's going to affect yeah. how it, the impression gets taken off of it once it goes through the press um now his, yeah, historically it's... speaking are you able to look at say old print i mean like i'm talking about like hundreds of years old and that sort of thing and see those differences like, are, are you into anything of, of that piece? Are you into, like, the history of print or, like, do you know those sort of things? 
Um, like in, in what we're it, it all depends kind of on the the medium, you know. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. A, I guess yeah, I don't know. I mean, be newspapers? I don't think so. I guess maybe like bigger posters from back in the day. Like I, I, I you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't yeah, know much not, about it. So I'm not super super familiar with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. A because they're like so expensive. Gotcha. <laughs> yes, right. yes, yes, yes. Exactly. They're so rare that to actually be able to, you know, examine something like that. Sure. They're pretty few and far between. But um, yeah, no, it's it's uh, do you it's have definitely a, an art, art form. Do you have a personal favorite of all the ones that you've done? Oh, God. Uh, I, whenever people ask me that, I say that's like asking who's your favorite child. Ah, um, yeah, right. <laughs> that makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me ask the you this. Safe, Can I really? No, no, what, what the safe answer is the one I'm working on right now. Ah, Perfect. Because yes. that's what you're putting yes. your passion into. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, I'll tell you. So my earliest one, as I mentioned before, was the it one. And I remember because it was after <laughs> I'd already sort of established my like, you know, I'm excited. <laughs> I love you, AJ. Kind of thing with you. <laughs> so I found one on eBay and then I got in touch with this just maybe solidified my just yay AJ thing. But like, so I got in touch with you and you were like, well, hang on a second. And you happen to have oh, I remember an extra, yeah, right? I remember. So Pedro is one of my best friends. <laughs> so you're like, hang on a second. You happen to have a couple of them in storage, and you sent them to me. And oh, uh, nice. That's my boy's first yeah, I, show. I, so I, I love when I can hook people up. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I just yeah. realized that I had one going through my because I got your fire dancing lady Locken poster because I went to oh, Locken nice. when Fish mm-hmm. was there nice. and I was like yeah. and all of a sudden I was watching the video and I was like wait that was so That's cool it. So, yeah. yeah I'm pretty <laughs> pumped about that so, it is not laminated and not signed just to say <laughs> yes <laughs> I have mine so flat it has not made it yet to the gallery I just there's so many in the guy I was just like no, I love all these <laughs> like all right. So my next question for you is then, so when were you able to sort of, you know, leave your day job? Like, what were you doing before that? Oh, God. And what was your first yeah. big break? So um, I did everything soup to nuts once I graduated from college. I, I started out, I was a school photographer for a couple of years, um, like, which look, actually wasn't that, that with, like, bad the of comb, a job. But, like yeah, the comb yeah. and the kids and like oh, the disgruntled yeah. kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> I, I handed out combs, but you had to always ask the teacher first if the teacher wanted you to hand out combs or not. Interesting. Um, yeah, um, all that fun stuff. I did that. I worked at restaurants for a while. You know, whatever you got to do. Sure. Um, hustling. And then, I, yeah, always, mm-hmm. always hustling. Um, then I wound up getting a job um, actually at the university I went to. So at University of Hartford. Didn't really have anything to do with art. I was actually working in their alumni relations department, um, which was part of like fundraising there. Mm-hmm. So we would basically be the like goodwill ambassadors for the university and make alumni feel good in hopes that when they get their solicitation, they would give some money. Mm-hmm. Um, so what that meant was I learned a lot about like event planning and just about like, you know, schmoozing and talking to people and, you know, all kinds of stuff like that, which a lot of that wound up helping me in building my own business and getting things off the ground here. Groom, grooms you for a lot. This, yeah, well, yeah, to a certain extent, for mm-hmm. sure. What year was um, this? So I started that job, uh, God, it, it was probably around 2000, 2001-ish. Mm-hmm. 
And I was there until 2012. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Um, one thing, I, I don't tend to like jump into things very quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always, I'm very methodical and, you know. I feel I you. Mean, at, yeah, at that point, I had a house and a mortgage and bills and car payments and all that. You know, I can't just ditch everything and like go on tour. Like it just wasn't happening anymore. <laughs> Um, but what I was doing was getting up at four in the morning printing, uh, cause at this point, uh, my print shop was in my basement of my house mm-hmm. and I would get up ass early and go downstairs and print, go to work, <laughs> work a full day, come back home, carve the next plate, print again, wake up, do it all over again. Were and, you doing uh, mostly fish? Cause I know, I know that you didn't necessarily have the official piece at that point, but were you doing fish? Had, had you locked into yeah, anything? I mean, at, at this point I was doing a lot of the fan art stuff, gotcha. um, you know, and selling them through the internet and, you know, I, I don't, yeah, I, I guess at that point I was probably doing some lot stuff, like actually bringing it to the shows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I did that, uh, until it basically became a a second full-time job. Mm. And then in about 2012, it it got to the point where I I had to make a decision. And I told my wife, Kara, I came home one day and I was like, Kara, I'm going to quit my job. Uh (laughs) And she kind of freaked out a little bit. Oh, yeah. And (laughs) after about a day, she was like, all right, go for it. Yeah. Nice. And uh, it was the best decision I ever made. Yeah. So, so right at that moment, so you decide you're not going to, you know, stay with the college and you're going to go into this. And then were you able to, I'm assuming you were already kind of hooked into bands at that point officially? Yeah. yeah. Sure. What were those? At that point, at that point, I was already getting official work for, for bands like Umphreys. And Ah, I think, I I think I was already doing widespread stuff at that point damn um so yeah i mean things were definitely going on a good path already and like i said i i don't jump into things you know without putting a lot of thought into it and that's why i kind of felt comfortable at that point quitting the day job and going for it how were you to lock Um, in umphreys for instance because jason jason had to leave he he was on call for something he had to like scoot out he was (laughs) he thought he could make it the whole interview but he had to scoot out so he's a big umphreys fan i went to my first show with him yeah yeah so yeah yeah yeah. no i love umphreys yeah so Um, so ryan too yeah (laughs) umphreys came to me through inadvertently through doing the fish stuff Mm. Um, a buddy of mine who was out in Chicago at the time, uh, he was way into the, the fish poster art scene and was collecting my work and, you know, we were buddies and he, uh, happened to know the art director for Umphreys and they were going to a fish show together and she had said something like, oh yeah, we're looking for new artists, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, you should check out AJ. He's, he's been killing it in the lots. And this was 2009. And uh, the next thing I knew, you know, she reached out to me. And that was sort of my first big official break, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then it's all word of mouth. In, in, if, if the art stands uh, on its own, you know, people are yep. going to see it. And next thing you know, this band gets in touch and this band gets in touch. And, and word yeah, of mouth. Great. Word of mouth Word is of mouth. so super important, and that's the best way you can spread stuff. It's, anyways, it's all they mean been grassroots something. for me. Yeah, means something. Grassroots, word of mouth. Awesome. Um. So when, so official versus 
you know, non-official. How is that mm. sort of that that journey been for you? Because I know I know that you know you you can't put the band on there, for instance, without yeah, it. No, the, yeah. Th- back in the day when I was doing the the fish stuff, I, there was kind of like the the unspoken rules that you and as long as you kind of abided by the unspoken rules, which was right. no likenesses, you can't put fish on there. Um, so basically just a, a date and a venue, they pretty much left us alone. I, oh. I never had any issues with fish ink or anything like that. Um, but again, I always played by the rules. I never used logos. I never used likenesses. I never used, I, none of my stuff ever said fish on it. Mm-mm. Um, AJ, so yeah, I have- and there was like a, a little core group of us at the time that were slinging in the lots and we would see each other all the time. And. Uh, like Ryan Kerrigan and Isadora and like there was a handful of us that that were really working the scene at the time and uh, we all kind of knew the rules and just played by the rules and everything was good. Trip would have been in there right there too because he's probably my second. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I have a question for you. I was looking through some of your stuff and you do like so many mediums. You do like um, the, the, you did the lithographies, you did the, um, you do the prints and everything. And I was looking through your Gickleys and you had, instead of doing any sort of like poster-ish thing, you did this one of, and it was so like kind of abstract of the laboratory and the stage for magnaball oh magnaball sorry the, that the was, little sketch yeah, yeah. can you yeah, tell me about yeah. that a little bit that totally yeah, piqued yeah. my interest absolutely it's funny i'm actually looking at the original oh, right on no my way. Cool. um <laughs> yeah no that uh, my wife and i we we you know we've been going to see fish forever she's a huge fish head um myself as well obviously and we decided to go to magnaball we were at super bowl we went to magnaball um and I just decided that, that that festival, I was going to bring a little sketchbook. And if I had time, I was, you know, while we're hanging out or whatever, I was, figured do a couple little sketches. Oh, my God. And, that's so cool. Go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, no, it was, it was great. It was great. So one morning, um, I think it was like the second day or something like that, I uh, got up, had my coffee. I was like, ah, I'm just going to go wander around. And I wound up, uh, you know, right in front of that laboratory setup they had for Magnaball. Mm-hmm. And just plop myself down. This was maybe like ten in the morning. Very few people around, and just did this little sketch for myself. You know, it wasn't for. I didn't plan on like doing an addition or anything like that. Um, but you know, once I showed it to a couple, you're like, "Oh my god, you need to do prints, right?" So yeah, yeah. So I did. I, I think I did like thirty. I, I kept it really small and just wanted to make it special. And uh, I think I sold them at like one of my open studios or something like that. But that was yeah, amazing. That, that was so amazing. Thank yeah. Well, because and you walked into Magnum Ball already printing a, a thing for Mockingbird, right? Am I right? Was something like oh. that or Waterwheel? There was something. It was almost like you did. Am I right on this one? It was like a that scene I don't of sorts. Remember? Um, I mean, I I definitely been doing stuff for Mockingbird already. Okay. So maybe it wasn't that one. I feel like I like remember a I, scene. I don't know if it was specifically for Magnaball. Sure. But yeah, because Mockingbird had me do, like, they were coming out with that Fish Companion 3. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I, that's it was right about. around that time. Yep, so yep. They, had me, they had me actually do a couple of prints for that when it was coming out. The, the first one was the actual Mockingbird uh, yes. with the book and all of that. And then mm-hmm. they, 
the the artwork that was in the book itself where they had different artists do like the different genre um, the different years okay. of the band mm-hmm. so i think mine was like at the time it was like the most current so i think it went through like miami new year's at the time or something like that okay. i remember putting woo <laughs> woo in the print specifically because it was right around the the height of the wooing of the east coast uh, wh- like right. disgruntled whether, whether, you, whether you like it or not it, it was part of that it's era, in there so. <laughs> it's, it's there you can't God deny damn it. it i will say i accepted my first woo <laughs> this past new year's run 1229 during that twi- during that tweezer and it was such an off woo because nobody was really getting it but it was like finally like Woo! I think I got it. God damn it, it got to me. <laughs> I was like, they said the disgruntled East Coast kid thing is like, no. I'm pretty sure I'm oh, still yeah. disgruntled about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm still a little disgruntled right? too. <laughs> we're such weirdos. It may be a small boat, but I don't care. I'm still on I, it. I, I fit in that jaded vet category <laughs> a little bit, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. Um, So I want to know how you secured your first official Grateful Dead posters. Oh, yeah, sure. Because I have to say, for me, uh, you know, we went to GD50, and Mm -hmm. uh, it was the first night. And we, Jason and I, like ran out for a minute. And the first night for us, we were on the on the field. And for us, it was the, also the most magical as far as like yay head, yum, you know, whatever is concerned. Sure. And so I come out and I fucking walk up onto your shit. And I didn't even know it. And so I kicked myself because, but I got the dancing skeletons. I was very yay. excited about it. And that's like nice. my, you know, whatever. So uh, tell us about your how you got into that because I mean, to me that. Like, from being a big fan of you, that was like, huh, what? You did this piece? Yeah. Yeah. And now you're doing them all the time. Yeah, Mm yeah, yeah. No, no, trust me. Um, Again, (laughs) it's another one of those, like, friend of a friend kind of things where at that point I had a couple friends um, in Headcount, which I'm sure you're familiar with Headcount, right? Mm -hmm. The the organization. The 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 voting thing. Getting people to sign up to vote. Um, And... They had reached out, this was, oh God, 2012, maybe? 12? I, I don't know. I would have to look at the print. Anyways, uh, Bob Weir was doing uh, an event that they were calling the Bridge Session. And it was Bob Weir and members of the National. And Headcount was the sponsor, and it was like a fundraiser for them. And uh, my buddy at Headcount reached out and was like, hey, we're doing this thing with Bob Weir. Do you want to do the print? Like, hell yeah i want to mm-hmm. do the print who says no so, <laughs> right yeah exactly exactly so i drew up this sketch um just based on the the name the bridge session uh that had uh, it was you know those binoculars th- that are at like landmarks where you put the quarter in yeah. yes they time yeah it was one of those things and behind it was the Golden Gate Bridge on one side and the Brooklyn Bridge on the other. So it was kind of like, oh. you know, the San Francisco, Bob Weir, and the National, the Brooklyn thing. So awesome. Um, sent that off for approval. And I was told that Bob Weir's manager saw it and was like, well, that binocular thing, it looks almost like a steal your face already. Why don't you just make it into a steal your face? <gasps> I, at the time, thought that was like off limits because I was so gun shy about doing any yes. sort of logos or anything. From the fish lots. Of course. Right. That I didn't even think that was possible. And I was like, really? I get to do a silly face? And they're like, yeah. He's like, I just got chills face. seriously down my leg. So go <laughs> no, ahead. You have no idea. I, 
I literally remember getting the phone call. I remember exactly where I was. I was walking my dog um, and just being like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I can't <laughs> so, stop smiling right now. Right? <laughs> so anyways, go back, make the revisions, put, make it into a seal your face, send it off. They loved it. Wound up doing that. Um, the next thing I know, this was when Further was, was still touring. Um, their art director got in touch with me and said, hey, they really love that piece. Do you want to do something for, uh, they were playing Bethel Woods, you know, where Woodstock oh, was. Right. Oh, yep. yeah. Yep. So they're like, hey, do you want to submit a design for that? I said, yeah, I'll submit a design. So I did that, um, submitted that. Then now, they're like, oh, well. Did you do any play on Woodstock with that? Because I didn't see that one. Um, a little bit. Mm-hmm. A little. It, it's, it's, it's subtle, but uh, it was, it's basically a, a guitar neck. And a dove on top of the guitar neck. So okay. it was like my little take on that classic Woodstock yeah, poster with right. the guitar with the dove on it. Just uh, a different, you know, visual aspect of it. Kick-ass math face. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So submitted that and you're like, oh, this is awesome. We're playing Terrapin Crossroads. You want to do something for that? Yeah. <laughs> for that. And next thing I knew, you know, you get your foot in the door I started, I did a couple tour prints for him. I did a bunch of other prints for him. Um, then Phil sort of broke off and was doing the film friends stuff. So I started doing a lot of stuff for Phil and friends. Wow. And then, uh, yeah, then Dead and Company came around and, or actually GD50 was probably before Dead and Company, I right? I think so. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, it, it's all a big blur at this sure. point. Sure, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so they announced the GD50 thing. And I remember like, the announcement and being like, oh my God, I want that poster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't think I didn't think I would get it, to be completely honest. But um yeah, and I remember getting that email too. And uh like shaking, you know, oh, and, and like mm. handing my phone to Kara and being like, Can you just read this and make sure I'm actually reading this right? Well and uh yeah, uh, they asked they asked for a triptych and uh, how big yeah, was that I'll happy honest, dance? That, that, it, <laughs> Yeah, happy um, to him. At, at, at that moment, it was a huge happy dance. <laughs> but uh, I'll be honest with you. I mean, that was the best edition and the worst edition of my entire life. Interesting. Um, so why is that? Yeah, the stress involved in that I one. Bet. Uh, yeah. I I almost had a breakdown yeah. over it. Kind like, of a big deal. J- just a little bit. <laughs> what? Um, like Trey's playing even, with them? Huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not even so much that, but mm-hmm. um, I love... The dead guys, they're, they're fantastic, it, but there's so many cooks in that kitchen mm. that getting approvals on things and sometimes getting things through in a timely fashion can be a little difficult. Um, so with that GD50 print, um, I mean, it literally came down to me telling them, if I don't get this on press tomorrow, it's not happening. Oh, wow. So wow. to put that much work and effort and time into something like that, never mind, you know, having to make sure you have all the materials on hand. And, you know, it, that was a huge addition. And it was just me at that point. I, did, I had no help. It was literally oh, wow. just me running all of the stuff by myself. Um, yeah. And it, it came down to me printing. Uh, it was like 1,200 prints every day for 21 days straight and carving the plates on top of it so oh my god it was phys- physically and mentally very demanding and um 
you know, you're, you're still like, married. Well, you, That's good. People were like, did, did you go to the shows? I said, no, I didn't go to the shows. You like, didn't. Honestly, I, I was so stressed out over that, that addition. Like I wanted nothing to do with it at that point. Okay. Okay. So I hear, yeah, yeah. So have you had a chance to meet any members of the band because of this? Are you, you know, in that posse or whatever? No, no, not okay. at all. Uh, no, I've, I've never had the pleasure of, uh, and, and to be honest, I've, I've also never asked. Mm. It's, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's just not my style. Like I, I love going to shows. Obviously I love the music. I love the vibe. I love everything about it. I mean, if I happen to, yeah, I wouldn't say right. no. Love, right. Right. Yeah. If yeah, I got yeah, invited no. backstage. If someone offered up whatever, <laughs> I mean, that's fine, but um, it's not something I actively pursue. Pursue, yeah, yeah. Well, I have to say, uh, for me, with the the kids, they dance and shake their bones. Like that's to like that's I see the skeleton one, and I was oh, yeah. and I was going through this time when I went to shows where I would. It was like when I was dancing. It was like I would see just stars, and it would just be this. I don't know that that poster to me just really uh, spoke to me. Um, would you say because I know that's also my most valuable one, and I didn't really I didn't write this down, Baker, because Baker again I wrote an outline her and I kind of went back and forth on questions, but um, so I kind of want to ask you. So for me, that's my most valuable one that I know of. Um, and so how is it for you? I guess two part question here. How is it for you? How people buy your posters at? you know, the $60, $80, and then they immediately go on this big resale afterwards. And what is your most valuable one that you know of? Yeah, uh, you're asking about flippers. Yes, um, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's frustrating for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, Life isn't I fair. <laughs> well, it, it, it is what it is. Right. You know, the bottom line, it is what it is. Uh, obviously, I want my art getting into the hands of fans mm -hmm. and not people that are just looking to flip it and make a buck. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, I've seen other artists like fight it. And it oh, really? is like banging your head against a freaking brick wall, Interesting. you know, because mm -hmm. it, it, it it's one of those things that it you shut one person down and 10 more pop up. And, and it's kind of like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like Redbubble and like those internet companies that no. like print on demand now. No, I don't know that. There's mm -hmm. these, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of companies out there now and, and basically they steal our images, um, you know, wow. and they put eBay listings or things in Facebook or whatever where you can buy this poster for $10 and you can pick whatever size or it's on this t-shirt or that t-shirt. And there are these companies that like you, you send us, you know, copyright cease and desist kind of thing. That one goes down, but 10 more come up and it's just this it never ending battle. Um, I, I say it's like playing whack-a-mole. Oh, right. Um, oh. You know, and how frustrating for the artist. It, it's well, it's one of those things where like, where is my time better spent fighting this stuff or in my studio doing what I love? Right. Um, so I hate it. But at the same time, I refuse to like be the poster police, you know, so it, there's no good answer. Um, I will say. I work with uh, Bottleneck Gallery, 
down yes. in Brooklyn quite a bit for yeah. like doing my my poster releases and stuff like that. They are fantastic at shutting that stuff down. Mm, good. Like they consider it like it's their passion to like go through the eBay listings and On figure out team. who bought what and who's who's insta flipping this and like reneging them. <laughs> yeah. it, it's so satisfying when it happens. Um is there a but, certain yeah, piece it, to this? Is there a certain piece to this that is the way just um art uh goes up in value naturally speaking so is there a part of that like you know i know when the times i've waited in line for show, for you know posters or whatnot just my collection in general as the years go by the artwork you know increases goes, in yeah, increases value. in value so is there a little bit of a piece of that as far as the years go by, which is different from when somebody's waiting in line and buys three, po- however many you're allowed a to buy. A $40 poster yeah. and then sells it for 400, 400 the next day. Right, mm-hmm. right. No, I, I think it's a much different animal. If, if you're at a show, you picked up this print and then years down the road or however long, you know, basically not the next day. Yeah. Um, you know, things happen. Life happens. Like I said, I, I, Trust me, I sold a bunch of my Pollocks, like I told you, when I was <laughs> yeah. trying to buy my house. Yeah. And I didn't sell them for face. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'll be the first one to admit that. I sold them what they were going for at the right? time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's, it's just the nature of the beast in the mm-hmm. art world. Um, and not everything goes up, you know? Not everything goes up. It's not a sure bet. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I mean... I, I got plenty of prints that uh, you could still buy off my website for like 35, 40 bucks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So has it ever surprised you which one has taken off as opposed to which one you might have thought would have taken off and maybe didn't as much? Um, I'll tell you the big surprise from this past year was, uh, and I don't even know if I'm saying their name right, that Spongle print oh, that I right? did. Yep. What, what that's an up and coming band, so I can imagine mm. that that there's. I've heard a lot of buzz about well, that lately. I, actually, it, all right. So they got in touch with me like over a year before that show even happened. It, oh, it was wow. so far in advance. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually lucky if I get like a month or two uh, <laughs> ahead of a, a show. Mm-hmm. And they got in touch with me. It was like April of 2018, and they were like, "Hey, we're playing Red Rocks." Um, in May 2019, and I didn't catch that 2019 part. Oh, I, all I saw was May, and I was. They're like, "Oh, we want you to do the print," and I was like, "Well, oh, that's pretty. That's like next month. That's pretty. and then I reread the email. Wait a minute, this is over a year in advance. Um, so I did a little research on them. Um, I, I, I was never really into the whole like uh, whatever. They're considered uh, EDM, right. you know, the okay. electronic stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like Googled them and went on their Facebook page and saw they had like half a million followers or something like oh, that. Wow. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. This, mm-hmm. this is interesting. And honestly, I'm, I'm always interested in like getting my work in front of new audiences. So, you know, I, I think I've got the jam band scene pretty much nailed down. Um, whenever I can sort of branch into other stuff, I, I, do find that a little interesting um so i was like yeah let's do this and um wound up i, I think we did like 1700 prints plus variants and then that sold out so fast for them that they came back to me and said hey can we do like another colorway we'll do an open edition or a timed edition where anyone that wants one can order 
I mean, the amount of prints that came out of that that image just blew my mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was super cool. cool. Super, super cool. And Red yeah, Rocks. It was great. It was great. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was a big surprise from this past year. Um, other ones, I, I'll be honest, I I don't really follow like the secondary market all that much. Mm. Um, again, it, it's just one of those like to keep my head in my happy place kind of thing. Like it just. I, I try not to go there um, until we're like, you know, doing an open studio or something. And I have to figure out what to price all the stuff in my gallery at. And then it's like, all right, Kara, can you like try to figure out this stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So Kara know, helps like, you out yeah. a lot? Yeah. She helps me out um, quite a bit. And yeah. Um, well, I was, so um, it was Hartford 13 when you had your yeah. open studio. And no, uh, uh, no, 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 nope, nope, nope. I'm going to back that up. Hartford 16. Cause, cause I we, was going to say, yeah, yes. 13, I was still working out of my house. So yes. I probably didn't have the open studio. Yep, at that point. Nope. Nope. Cause but we yeah, had our little Cassidy with us, our little newborn. And oh. yeah, so we got to go in and this is okay. I'm going to be a dork right now. Sorry. I just get starstruck. I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so we go in and you know, I'm all excited and you've got these people and they're all whatever. And so I come, I'm like, Hey, you know, and then we left and, Ad- and, and Adelaide, Jason's like, uh, he's like, Oh my God. He's like, you walk in there and AJ's like, Hey Don, you know, what's up? I'm like, he said my name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow. I've kind of like connected with him, I guess, a few times on the side. <laughs> so I just think you're pretty fucking cool. Which is great. Yeah, the you feeling's know. mutual. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <Right>. Awesome. <laughs> so what do you have going on right now and some potential, you know, what, what do you got for projects coming up and, and that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. We are, uh, we're smack dab in the middle of Halloween season right now. Mm. So, um, we are literally halfway through a absolutely huge edition for Dead and Company. Ooh. Uh, yeah, we're nice. we're running uh, one thousand four hundred and fifty prints for them. But when when I say that that, so on top of that would be my artist edition. On top of that, we have to run an overage because inevitably, you know, there's going to be screw ups and misprints and stuff like that. So, really, we have sixteen hundred prints on press right now, which wow. for wow. us. I mean, that's a lot of prints. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot right. of prints. Um, just, you know, again, going back to my process where, you know, every color is a separate run through the press. Every color is a separate day of printing. So uh, when you're talking about 1,600 prints, these are eight color prints that we're running. So 1,600 times eight, that becomes wow, a very, a very big, very big number. Yeah. Because um, after so, you carve yeah, that linoleum, you're putting down, mm, you put one color at a time down. Right. Yeah, right. And right. then roll it through yeah. and then the, you let that dry and then the next one. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. We didn't really get into the whole like uh, block printing. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, kinda, I don't know if you want to touch on yes, that. Just yeah. Real definitely. Quickly. Yeah. So, so essentially um, Let's let's rewind back to when I was talking about lithography and, and how I got into all this stuff. Mm-hmm. People always ask me, like, well, how did you get into block printing? Uh, why aren't you doing silk screens? And I think I mentioned when I went to art school, the one medium they never taught there was silk screen. Right. And it, that is essentially why, like, I never became a silk screen artist. I just didn't know the process and I wasn't familiar with it. What I was familiar with was block printing. 
And like I said, I was trying to set up my own little mini print shop in, in the basement of my house at the time. I went back to the art school. I was still, you know, friendly with my professors and whatnot. I was looking to pick up an etching press, uh, which is like when you think of like traditional printmaking with yep. a giant wheel and like the bed that goes through real slow. That's an etching press. And the reason I was looking for one of those is it's kind of like the most versatile press you can get because you can do etchings with it, but you can also do block prints. You can do a lot of stuff with it. Um, and my professor was kind of like, well, you know, you could do that, but why don't you get a Vandercook, which a Vandercook is what they used to use. It, it's called a proofing press. Um, sorry if I get too technical, but I no, love no, no. the process. You're bringing me back because I used to work <laughs> in a print shop. So I'm oh, like, really? yeah. okay. Cool. Okay. well, and I think um, all the people who are really into prints and are into, you know, posters and whatnot, this is the stuff they want to hear is the technical good, piece. Good, good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm all about process. Sure. I'm a process geek. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah. So he was like, why don't you get a Vandercook? Um, Vandercooks are what old print shops, leave, uh, even newspaper presses, uh, plants and whatnot. They, they're little like hand crank presses that they would do the type lockup, like all the little you know metal type. They would put it all together, put it on these proofing presses, run a handful of proofs, to make sure that everything was spelled correctly before they took that and then put it on big presses that ran, you know, the hundreds or thousands or millions or whatever uh, copies of newspapers. Again, when things went digital, these presses all of a sudden became sort of useless. Mm -hmm. And many, many of them got scrapped just for the, the scrap metal. Um, but then artists kind of picked up on them and figured out that they could run relief prints and whatnot. And, Anyways, so I digress. My <laughs> professor was like, why don't you get a Vandercook? And I was like, I can't afford a Vandercook. I'm poor. Like, I, mm -hmm. I can't even afford anything. He's like, no, no, no. I know this guy. Uh, a print shop just closed in Manchester, Connecticut, which is like, you know, 10 minutes away from where I was. He's like, he has a Vandercook. He was trying to sell it to the art school, but we already have two. We don't need it. He wants like 500 bucks for it. Whoa. I was like, okay, that sounds cool. That's doable. And this also goes... Well, this goes back to my parents being so freaking supportive of me. Uh -huh. um, my dad, at the time, he, he made this deal with me, which to this day, this is still happening. He said, if I buy you this press, I get one AP of every print that comes off of it. Oh, so I would make that deal. Day, right? I would make that deal. To, oh, it, was, it was a great deal. I was like, <laughs> absolutely, done. So to this day, like whenever my dad comes up to the studio, he's like, where's my prints? Where's my prints? <laughs> you know? So, so, I have, so I have a my dining room, that's nothing but APs for my dad. Yeah. So my dining room <laughs> doesn't even shake a stick to, <laughs> to, oh, to your yeah, dad's no, collection. He has a whole garage. He's, he's got, he got to the point where I found him his own flat file. Uh, we, we put a flat file in his basement. Oh, he wow. Just has, every print down oh, there and i bet there's um, no tackles in them <laughs> no no tackles no, no tackles at oh, all. <laughs> that's, that's awesome i've got wicked supported parents too so that's great it is, yeah, yeah it's yeah. the best yeah, it's it the is. best it is mm -hmm. um so yeah so that's how i i wound up getting my first press uh sure enough the guy had it in his, his garage it was in pieces so I think it costs just as much to move the press to my house as it did to buy it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then at the time, like I said, I was, I was working at the university. So I, I 
still knew everyone there. I still kind of had access to things. I would literally take a piece of the press, throw it in my pocket or whatever I had to do, go over to the, their print shop, see where it fit on their press. Oh, that's where it goes. Go back to my house, put it in, gotcha. grab the next piece, go back. And like, it became this big puzzle that I eventually put together. And uh, yeah, and that's how I was uh, doing the block prints. Um, back in college, if you had told me that I'd be known as a relief printer, I would have laughed at you. Mm-hmm. I would have never thought that would be my path. But uh, but a kick as Grateful Dead, you know. You want another dad story? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, like I said, uh, my freshman year, you know, the, the previous summer, I worked my butt off doing whatever um, to make money to to have some spending money in college and whatnot and pay for whatever I had to pay for. Went, wound up going to college. Uh, that first semester, I blew my entire savings going to, to dead shows. Like, everything. <laughs> gone. Like, it, it was gone. My parents, like, literally wanted to yank me out of school. Oh. They're, they're like, what is wrong with you? They, you're you're blowing out all your money, blah blah blah, and now the it's hilarious because I, I bring it up my dad. I'm like, yeah, it's a pretty good thing I did that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. Begrudgingly <laughs> yeah. admitting, who, who knew I was laying the foundation for my future career Egg. by going to shows, right? You know, but, uh, that's perfect. Yeah, it's great. That it's is great. perfect. Well, AJ, yeah. AJ. You're the best. Thank Yay. you. No, thank you so much. <laughs> We've smiled forever. I know. I know. I know. I've been like, when I first started Female Centrics, you were like right on there from the beginning. And it's just, you're so busy. And so then we figured out. Oh, I know. Minute, I, I, I apologize. It's taken don't to do this yeah. but i'm so glad you were persistent and i'm so glad we finally got a chance to do this yeah this has been awesome yeah no you've always been super genuine and kind to me and i knew like i could feel it i'm like it's gonna happen i just have to be patient you right. know <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh yeah so yeah so do you have any uh any like plugs you want to put in here anything to look out for anything like that so mm-hmm. uh, um yeah it, I, I think we kind of talked about it. i got i have an open studio coming up but mm-hmm. I, I think that's going to be passed by the time mm-hmm. um your websites and whatnot them. yeah just uh, yeah yeah website mastestudios.com um definitely the facebook aj mastic instagram at aj mastic uh don't do twitter very much at all sure um uh, but definitely facebook and instagram all the time yeah awesome Awesome. Buy my stuff, he says. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Support be lo- local art. Right, right, exactly. And be looking out yes. for like the, you know, 2022 limited edition of the Female Centrics poster. Right. Because yeah, someday when you're not busy. Someday when you're not busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gentle yeah. stalking, right? you yes. remember. <laughs> exactly. I know how persistent you can right. be. So. That's one of Don's many you names. You never know. <laughs> Hey, it pays off. Right? Exactly. Love it. Love it. All Absolutely. Right. Cool. Absolutely. You're the best. Thank you so much, Thank AJ. Thank you, AJ, for being on. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. All Yay. right. We'll talk to you later. Bye bye. All right.
All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us for this interview with AJ Maste and uh, Baker. That was so fun. Welcome back. Thank you. I know it's been a few episodes. It has so, yeah, been, yes. but thanks for so, having me back. This always. was awesome. Always, always. And uh, Female Centrics is part of the Osiris Podcast Network. So if you want to check out other podcasts for Osiris, go to osirispod.com. We've got a brand new website going on. It's super user-friendly with pop-ups that are easy to just kind of click right on and go to every any show you want to any episode you want to. So check that out. And Osiris is part uh, is partnered with Jambase and also Cash or Trade now. So oh. yeah, yeah. So we're moving on up. We are. We are. All right, everybody. Thank you. Peace. Peace. Peace.